Blog Talk Radio. Presidente, I am your host, I am your guide, and, well, since uh, England has a new king, I am your king, right? <laughs> All right, I know, too soon, too soon, but it's not too soon for you to join this show, 917-889-8516. We're going to be joined by Tony Donahue here in just a moment, uh, talking about, well, it's championship weekend, uh, so... Well, championship weekend for IndyCar, that is, in Monterey, Monterey, California. Uh, so who's going to be? we got some leaders to talk about. we only got Tony for a short amount of time. It's September 11. Uh, I tell you what, really uh, important time in our, 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 our country's history. Also, a very important time in our country because the NFL kicks off this weekend, and we'll be talking about that as well. And later on here in the hour, uh, we'll be joined by uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. Some changes in the All-Star in a, in a track long gone. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Stick around. It's about to get good. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. 
Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, we only carry good small batch coffee here. Oh. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. My name's Tom Mark with Del Presidente. Hope you got your Black Rifle Coffee uh, ready to go. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Check them out. Buy a bag. Give a bag. Join us now uh, with not his poker face, but his brand new walk-up song. But, hey, uh, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, you ready to hit a home run today, Tony? <laughs> if that song doesn't get you fired up on a Saturday morning, you might not be breathing. So, um, big day of college I, I, football. Big win. Big weekend of IndyCar, uh, final weekend of IndyCar, and uh, we'll see what happens coming up tomorrow. Well, absolutely. I, I know we only got you for a few uh, short minutes, uh, uh, a few short minutes. Um, so we're wrapping up IndyCar, and of course there's some uh, changes in, in NASCAR. We're going to talk with Steve about it here in, in a few minutes. Uh, but Monterey, Monterey, California, this is where it all it all comes together. All. Uh, comes to a head, and we'll see who's going to be the 22 IndyCar champion. We've got some pretty good ideas who that might be, but let's talk about Monterey. It's kind of a new track for us to talk about when it comes to IndyCar, uh, but talk with us about the track, what it's about, where it's located, all the ins and outs about it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Northern California, right about an hour outside of San Francisco. Um, I think the most famous um, part of this track is obviously the corkscrew. Uh, the quick left and then a quick right. Uh, it is a very fast track. It, it reminds me a little bit of a mix of, of, of like a barber uh, and, and Road America with some elevation changes. Uh, a lot of times this race just stays clean and green. We don't see a lot of yellows. And last year and then in 2019 when they raced here, um, very, very much dominated by Colton Herta. This is a place that his dad ran really well at in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, it was a staple on the cart schedule for the longest of time. IndyCar made its return there in 2019. Colton Herta dominated. Colton Herta dominated last year. I think in the two races, there's been a total of 185 laps, and he's led 174 of them over the last two races there. Um, so, there, yes, there is a lot of questions. Is this Colton Herta's last IndyCar race for the foreseeable future? Is this the last time we see Alex Pelot in an IndyCar for a year? We don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, 
you know, there's there's still a chance Colton ends up in Formula One. He's going to have to go and participate in, I think, five free practices over the next couple of months uh, to get up to 40, super light, 40 points for a super license. Uh, if he finishes eighth in the championship tomorrow, he'll have 35 points. It's just crazy to think the guy can go down. With, if he wins the Indy Life Championship, the Indy Pro 2000 Championship, and another and like an F4 championship all in one year, he would have enough points. Yet he doesn't have enough points in being an Indy car. Andretti's kind of been down this year. Uh, yeah, they won both road course races at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but you know, Rossi's win kind of got tainted by his car being a little bit underweight. Heard his win came when the rain came out. He really wasn't much of a factor in that race until the rain started coming and he ended up cycling up to the lead. So it's been a down year for Andretti and. There's a lot of questions that's going to have to be answered here over the next several uh, over the next several months in the off season. Well, certainly, and, and we'll get into the off season maybe here in just a, a second. We talked a lot about the rookies, and we talked a lot about the top three uh, last week. But I don't, I don't know that our conversations changed all that much. It's going to be a Penske Championship. I mean, I, it looks like Joseph has had some issues in practice uh, out there at, at Monterey, but I don't think it's going to be anything major. Uh, so let's again uh, let's kind of maybe recap our conversation of the top three. Do you see any way at all that this is not Will Power's championship to lose? You know, Will finished 26 here last year. Yeah, he had a good run going. Um, you know, before some mechanical issues, you just never know. 20 points isn't a huge cushion. I think he's gone into the championship finale five times with the points lead, and he's blown it four times. So. Anything can go wrong. It just seems like when Will Power needs to have a good run, something goes wrong in the pits, or he does something out on track. You got to qualify well later today, um, which is something Scott Dixon's not been able to do all year. Besides being up a 500 pole, he really hasn't qualified well. Started 17th last week in Portland, charged all the way up for a podium finish to kind of save his championship hopes, and then obviously Newgarden right there, and also 20 points back. I mean, a 20-point lead can be erased real quick if something goes wrong or you get caught up and you get stuck, mm-hmm. you know, you got to get in, in the sand traps, you got you to get towed out or you get caught up in somebody else's mess. It could be over in a heartbeat. So um, there is, there's a lot of ways <clears> that we could see um, Will Power Bowl this championship. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going with either Dixon or Newgarden to do it. I'd rather be the guy that's chasing somebody down than, than Will Power who's, who, may have a conservative approach this weekend just to keep that car in the top five. So, um, yeah, I, I think there is a chance that he ends up blowing this. Well, there's that 20-point cushion you were talking about right there with Joseph and, and Scott. So, if you're looking at Joseph and Scott and, and uh, going on wheel history of, of, you know, like you said, four out of five going in with the points lead and, and giving it up. And so, you, you look at the, the two uh, drivers, and the other one is his teammate, Joseph Newgarden, and then Scott Dixon. <clears throat> so, um, if it, I mean, do you think there's going to be any hand-holding between Will Power and Joseph Newgarden because they are uh, teammates? Are they going to help each other out? Or are they going to be in a position to help each other out? Or does it even matter today, tomorrow? Yeah, I, I think you're kind of, you know, I think if you're Roger Penske, you're Tim Sendrick, the meeting is simply this. We want to bring on the championship. And it, the championship needs to be Team Penske. Um, so don't do anything to take, to, to take each other out, but, but but race as hard as you can, race each other clean, and one of us needs to come out with the win. So I don't think there's going to be really too many team orders outside of just don't touch each other on the racetrack. So um, you, you don't want to 
you don't want to ruin the, the two championship hopes to give it to Scott Dixon and Honda and Chip Ganassi Racing because you were battling for, for seventh or eighth with, you know, two or three laps into the race. So uh, keep it clean, uh, stay off of each other, and we'll see what we'll see how Scott McLaughlin plays this too. I mean, he's the hottest driver in IndyCar right now. Winning last week at Portland, he was on the podium a few weeks ago in St. Louis. Um, he's been super hot. He's got three wins on the year now in his second season, his first three career wins. Um, we'll see how he plays because he's going to be a Are you still there, Tony? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think McLaughlin's going to have a, a a big a big say in this race coming up tomorrow. Tony Donahue of the Tony G Podcast. Uh, Tony, as we uh, in the next couple weeks, couple months, or whatever, we're going to be in the what we call the funny season. I don't know if there's anything too funny about this Alex Pillow, uh thing, but how do you see this panning out? How do you see this ending? You know, it's probably going to end up in the courtrooms, I would imagine. I, I, I think the, the the scenario that seems to be coming up the most is McLaren does end up buying out Polo. Now, does that put him in a third car at Aaron McLaren next year alongside Rossi and alongside Pato Award? Possibly. Does Chip say, all right, you can buy me out, but I don't want Polo to be in an Indy car for the entire year. So does that move him over to do some testing in Formula One, which he seemed interested in? And to run Formula E, that could also be a an option as well. Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see it, and I think that opens up a spot for maybe Ganassi to take some of that money and then go either partner or buy out David Malukas out of the 18 car. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just I don't see any way that Polo is in a Ganassi car next year. But it'll be interesting to see how how the, how, how the verbiage goes with the lawyers on. Okay, we're going to. Um, go ahead and, and, and settle this. But, you know, Chip can say, hey, he's under contract. You're going to buy it out, take it. Uh, but I don't want him in IndyCar next year. And then they may say, well, okay, we'll take him over to Formula E and, and let him do the, the F1 testing that he kind of wants to do. But I think more than likely Chip will take the buyout, put somebody in that 10 car, and we'll see a third era McLaren car next year with Alex Pillow and it's probably the number six car. <laughs> So we're going to get into this conversation with Steve here in just a, a few minutes uh, in the next half hour uh, about NASCAR. But, you know, the, the thing that's happening with NASCAR is a, is a lot of young and old stuff. But one of the things that I like, I think I like this, is the All-Star being moved to North Wilkesboro. And, I mean, your young drivers, your young fans, uh, you know, may not remember the last time anybody that race run was run by Jeff Gordon. Uh, so what are your thoughts about it? I, I think it's kind cool that we're going to go somewhere. I don't know if you've ever seen The Lost Tracks by uh, Dale Jr., the documentary that he has on, on, on Peacock. It's really, really good if you haven't checked it out. Uh, but it's not quite that lost. But North Wilkesboro has kind of been a distant memory of NASCAR. Now they're bringing it back for the All-Stars. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think Dale Jr. has kind of taken an invested interest into that area. I heard the area is not very good, so hopefully that doesn't you know keep people from from coming there, but um, no, it's great. I think Dale Jr.'s kind of taken that whole thing by the horn and decided this is the racetrack that he wanted to recover, and maybe in that cover, um, you know, it, it would probably feel like going down to the speed drum where you, you, you feel like you're walking back into 1996 all over, and there's, you know, wooden bleachers and, you know, uh-huh. just, just that old-school feel, kind of, kind of Winchester as well. Um, it'd be cool to see NASCAR kind of embrace 
this all-star race by taking it to tracks that maybe don't usually have a NASCAR race? Could maybe IRP right. be on that list? Is there a few other racetracks? Could you go back to a Rockingham that had a truck race about 10, 12 years ago? Um, could you go to Rockingham or, or, or maybe South Boston Speedway or some of these racetracks that are that are short track grassroots efforts that, that have kind of propelled and, and launched careers of, of, of many drivers that are in NASCAR right now? So hopefully they, um, they embrace it. It should be cool. Um, I know Dale Jr. was like a kid in a candy store when that announcement came out. So uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other good show that's on with, with racing, if you haven't seen it, is a drive, I think it's called Drive to the Championship or Race for Race for the Championship. Have you seen that? Um, I have, yeah. I know that U.S. Uh, you know, I think you know, kudos to USA Network for doing a great job of kind of promoting uh-huh. NASCAR. They have a few of their races now in that partnership with NBC now that, um, you know, NBC Sports Network is no longer. Um, so that's been cool to see. Uh, I know that Austin Dillon has his own show, but yeah, any kind of behind the scenes, you know, drive to survive type show like we see in uh, Formula One is good. And, and hopefully IndyCar can hop on that and have some more behind the scenes episodes of, of kind of what's going on leading up to, you know, the Indy 500 and then into the championship. Yeah, absolutely. I, I liken it a lot to, uh, you know, the 30 for 30 or inside the huddle on, on, on the NFL that, that show that they do a, where they where they just recently did the Colts. Now I think they they're featuring the Lions where they just go like the entire season and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I really I really like it. So since you guys are going into the IndyCars going into the off season, what are you guys going to be working on? Yeah, we've got some cool off season stuff coming up. We're going to have a new show called Burnout Classics, which is uh, going to be really Great. cool. We're going to awesome. look at some, some classic cars, some newer cars, uh, a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I'm not. The, the biggest um, knowledgeable guy when it comes to uh, under the hood type stuff, which will be good because I'll be able to learn. And um, we're going to have some other off season features uh, with IndyCar. We're going to sit down with some of these drivers, kind of discuss their year, what, what 2023 can look like. Um, IndyCar will have a test out at Indianapolis Motor Speedway next month that we'll be covering. So a um, lot, lot still going on. I mean, the, the off season kind of seems long, but the, oh shit. Oh God. Well, watch out for this guy. And I was like, oh, my God, uh, we're having our own uh, 30 for 30 here going on. <laughs> well, I, 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 this guy going off the road, and I thought he was going to have to swerve back real quick, but then he ended up turning. So, uh, false alarm well, there, but you just never know. Thank God. Thank God. We didn't want to be a witness to that. Well, we know you are driving, so we won't keep you. But uh, thank, thanks for coming on, and we'll uh, keep uh, abreast. Who's your uh, – drafting pick for uh, the championship and for the uh, race. You can give me two different. I'm going to go Dixon. I'm going to go Dixon to win the championship. I think that's a good one. I, I really, really think tomorrow um, the championship runners are going to be all together um, throughout the day. We'll see how some of that strategy pans out. It all It's all going to be determined as qualifying today, really. I mean, you're going to have to start up front again tomorrow to, to, to win this thing. I think Colton Hurdle will probably smack the field again. Um, and NASCAR-wise, you know, Kansas, one of those boring tracks, it kind of just seems like it never ends. And, you know, they go there twice a year. I know the Gibbs cars are really good there back in May. Um, but give me Kevin Harvick tomorrow because it's going to be a boring race, so why not get the guy who's fired up and calling people out on Twitter? I watched that on Twitter. I, I was like, 
I saw somebody said, I think this is the most I've ever seen uh, Kevin Harvick uh, tweet since he's been on Twitter. So that's interesting to see it, uh, that. And, and, I, and I thought, man, that, that's really cool. I, I read through a lot of those this morning. So, hey, you be safe out there, uh, Tony, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. I know you're going to take a little bit of leave of absence from the show, but we appreciate all you do for us. You bring the A game every week, and we'll be looking forward to having you on maybe during the off season and see what happens. All right, Tom. Take care. Have a good one. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast, stepped in really big and helped us uh, cover IndyCar this season and uh, even some NBA. And, you know, we've got some college football on tap. Adam could not join us. Uh, so I'll get uh, be back here in just a moment. We talk about some college football, some big games in college football. Also, this week at 9-11, and what a great time to remember 9-11. In the football, and if you remember 22 years ago, uh, you know in the NFL coming back was a big part of the coming back, if you will. Uh, if there's ever going to be another normal, which there never has been since then, it's uh, just exciting to see NFL come back on 9/11, uh, and so. Uh, we're really excited to see how they're going to do this. So we'll, talk, we'll, we'll do some talking about that as well. Tony, Don here the Tony D Podcast. Check him out. And uh, we'll check him out at burnoutsports.com. Really interested to see some of the offseason stuff that he does. We'll be right back right here on the other side. We'll get into some of this NFL talk. And still to come is Steve Wilson, Freeway Digest. And we'll have uh, more conversations about this all-star uh, race being moved to North Roxboro. Uh, very, very exciting. And, and honestly, I, if you have not seen Dale Jr.'s show, get off your ass, get on Peacock, get it done. You will not disappoint. be disappointed. If you are a true race fan and a fan of, of the history of the tracks, which I am, you're going to love that show. It's called Lost Speedways, Lost Tracks, I think. But it's easy enough to find. Dale Jr., the word lost. Uh, use that in your search criteria. We'll be right back, right here on the Bones Radio Network. Sports bra, riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep going back. Wish I could roll on back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't go. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, 
Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal heart. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian, like, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. America heard the news as it was going to work, going to school, or just waking up. An airplane is reportedly has crashed into the World Trade Center. That is a live shot. 17 minutes after the first plane hit the World Trade Center's North Tower, a second plane hit the South Tower. President Bush was in Florida visiting an elementary school. His chief of staff leaned over and whispered, America is under attack. A third plane crashed into the Pentagon. A fourth plane appeared to be heading to Washington, but it crashed in Pennsylvania after passengers and crew tried to regain control from the hijackers. By then, the FAA had taken an unprecedented step. Every airline in U.S. airspace was ordered to land at the nearest airport. Three days later, President Bush went to ground zero. What became known as the global war on terrorism was about to begin. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon.
Wall Street never opened on 9-11. The open was delayed after the first plane struck and then canceled after the second plane crashed. Markets wouldn't open until the following Monday. It was the longest shutdown since the Great Depression. Once trading resumed, there was a massive sell-off, the biggest one-day loss in the history of the New York Stock Exchange. The Dow Jones Industrials were down 14%, but by early October, stocks were back up to where they'd been the day before the attacks. Almost an entire generation has grown up since 9-11. On this 20th anniversary, many will join those who can never forget that day and remember the nearly 3,000 people who were lost. word that a plane apparently has crashed into the tower. Relatively devastating happening this morning. It appears that the, there is more and more fire and smoke. Another plane has hit tower two. Uh, horrific scene here. There's um, debris flying through the Directly in the middle of uh, one of the World Trade Center towers. a lawyer once. His name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song and they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had... There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army, we lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow up and live happy in the land of now this nation that I love is falling under attack A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye Man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist and the 
Welcome back. 22 years later, still gives me goosebumps. So maybe, uh, you know, we do this every year. We remember 9-11, and maybe you want to send us a tweet, or if you want to call in and talk with us a little bit about where, where you're at on 9-11, we'd love to hear from you. And we, and we we always like to take time each and every year to uh, remember 9-11. Uh, tomorrow's 9-11, and it's also the kickoff of the NFL, and we're going to get into some more conversations about the games. But it was a big comeback when, uh, you know, everything was shut down. I mean, maybe not to the extreme that we had with COVID as it being a global pandemic, but I would say that, you know, it was really, really eerie. I was working for a radio station Um here in Indianapolis, and it was a news station and, and sports station, and we had uh, sports talk and, and that sort of stuff. And we also had a sister station that was all news. I worked uh, for the sports part of it. Uh, but I was uh, actually, I had not gone into the station yet. And it was back when we had pagers, but we didn't have cell phones. And my, my pager was going off, and I didn't think anything about it. And I looked at it, and there was like four different pages. Uh, that says, you know, it was my office number or station number. So I said, you need to get in here right away, turn on your TV. And I did. And I was like, holy shnikes. Only I didn't use the word shnike. Uh But, and then, so obviously I went into the radio station and little did I know I was going to be there for the next almost 48 hours. Uh, and I was there with Greg Regstraw. Uh, who's here uh, part of the Indianapolis market, part of the Colts market. Uh, you know, just, it, it was just, everybody joined forces. We were, we were, we were doing interviews with people from New York city. And, you know, of course there was the Pentagon and then there was the, the plane in Pennsylvania. Uh, and, and so it takes some time to remember. I mean, maybe, you know, as it said in the piece there, a whole generation has grown up. I mean, if you're, 22 years old or younger, you, you, you don't know what this was in our history. Of course, you've heard about it every year, so you know what it is, but the impact that it felt, you don't know what it is. So, I, I mean, I implore everyone to just take some time and reflect on 9-11, what it is, and what it means to you, maybe you can you can share it with us on Twitter. We'll get uh, get that up there as well. Tony Donahue, Tony D Podcast, joined us to break down uh, the championship race in Monterey, California. Who's it going to be? I mean, we, 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 we've got some conversations to have. And, you know, Will Power, you say, okay, on paper, if we're going chalk, it's going to be Will Power. Well, here's the thing. As Tony well pointed out, that <laughs> – Four out of the last five times that he's gone into the lead in, in the IndyCar Championship lead, he's gone with the, the points lead. And there's he's got a 20-point lead over both Scott Dixon and Joseph Newgarden. Is there a cushion there? I, 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 if I was Will Power, I wouldn't be taking it for granted. And certainly, as, as Tony also pointed out, that, you know, if you're going to root for somebody, root for the guy chasing. So that's uh, – uh, Joseph Newgarden, his teammate Joseph Newgarden, uh, so working together maybe to get a Team Penske trophy 
uh, championship trophy. And of course, you know, Chip Kanessi is uh, not going to go down without a fight. And he's got his uh, superstar, the Iceman, Scott Dixon, uh, at the helm there in third in points. Uh, so, you know, Joseph uh, has, has uh, struggled a little bit in, in practice this week. Will that parlay into what happens uh, uh, tomorrow? I don't know, yet to be seen. Uh, but one, one thing for sure is we're going to have a champion uh, with IndyCar uh, tomorrow, and so we'll make sure that we have that up, and and then we'll probably do a little bets today on the IndyCar race, and also the champion who's going to be uh, the champion. Well, Adam Jevedan couldn't join us uh, today uh, to do college football, so we're kind of uh, uh, mixing things up a little bit, and I cannot do him justice when it comes to talking about Ohio State, uh, but I could try. <laughs> Big, excuse me, back. wait. Man, I got I got something stuck in my throat. That's okay. Nothing that a little black rifle coffee can't uh, cure for me. Big game of the week, though, this week, Alabama and Texas. Obviously, Alabama, number one, Crimson Tide, Longhorns, uh, one and know. So, you know, most, if we're looking at records, let's not, okay, right now. Let's just not because they're both one and know. Uh, obviously, and uh, Texas, Matthew McConaughey is a, a big uh, Texas Longhorn guy. Uh, he was a college there. Uh, and so he's ready to bring the heat. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be the game. It's going to be the game of the week. And, you know, Alabama is always going to be Alabama. And, and uh, so, you know, we'll see what, what kind of a game do we, do we have here? What's, 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 you know, what's going to happen with the, with the Texas Longhorns, the Texas Longhorns, and we talked about this a few weeks ago about important games and important matchups. If uh, Texas uh, Longhorns can beat Alabama tonight, that is going to make a huge statement that's going to send ripple effect through uh, the the college football world. Right off, right off. And uh, you know, Mike Tyson used to say, "Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face." So if Texas wants to do anything. Not to say that this is a win-all, be-all, not, not at all. But if they need, to, they need to punch Alabama in the face, can they make it happen? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Ohio State's got uh, – uh, uh, see, problems talking today, people. Problems talking today. They got Arkansas. <laughs> this is where I need Adam. And uh, we'll, we'll see if I can get my notes up. It's just one thing after the, another. <laughs> But yeah, we'll see what, what what's going on. Uh, see, my notes just went away. My notes just went away, so I'm gonna have to use my brain. But that's okay. What little bit of brain power I have is being powered by Black Rifle Coffee. By the way, if you don't get you some Black Rifle Coffee, you can do it. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Give a bag. Uh, buy a bag. Give a bag. And uh, my uh, friend's son's in the Navy and on the destroyer. That's all they serve is uh, Black Rifle Coffee. So uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com. All right, Arkansas State, 1-0. Ohio State, 1-0. Can we go back a little bit last week and look at Notre Dame and Ohio State? I mean, it played out exactly what Adam said it was going to be. And really, quite honestly, what when I talked with Rick, who's our, our Notre Dame guy, and couldn't join us like it's pretty much what he he set it up to be. I don't know the points thing that was we lost a little bit of money there, but you know I've been playing around. I'm gonna get off in the weeds here. I've been playing around with this parlay stuff. Actually did pretty good. 
was combinating uh, the, the win in a, in a parlay that I had and Notre Dame not covered. So I actually ended up coming out on the sweet end of the deal. Uh, but, uh, you know, at Ohio State home game, you know, not a lot to talk about. Not a lot. You know, Arkansas, no, let's not get confused with Razorbacks. This is a completely different team, the SEC team. This, this is one of those what we call practice games in the in the NCAA. There's not there's not a lot to happen here. I mean, I mean this will be the first time the two schools have ever played each other. So this is so what a lot of people don't know. We call them buying to the schedule. So there's teams like Arkansas State and, and other teams, insert name here, that need the practice, that need the that need the um, TV time, if you will. Uh, and they need the money. So they're paid to come and play. They're paid to play. That's what happened with Arkansas State. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 we don't even know that we need to go into the game predictions uh, at all. But <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's going to be Ohio State to win, obviously. And they'll go into next week being a 2-0. and You know, it's going to be – it's going to be an ass-kicking. An ass-kicking. No drama this week, guys. No drama this this uh, this week. It's gonna be Ohio State probably around 49, Arkansas State around 10. So if you if you're if you're betting Ohio State to cover, well, it's probably a good game for you to do that. Join us now. Wait, wait, wait for it, guys. I have got to do this. Stand by. I have everything loaded. Stand by. We start. I started going through the team yesterday and um, asked them, "Hey, what's your bumper? I mean, what's your what's your you know, bumper?" And I'm, I'm, my brain's gone. Stand by, people. Just stand by, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. So, I, I, what the walk-up songs are? So, Steve gave us his walk-up song. I assured him that we're going to play it. So, we're going to play that. And, and also, it's very, very fitting. That hey, England now has a new king. Hell of a king. Push the right button. We'll get it. I caught you just banging your head and you got your devil horns and just, you know, bringing you back to the days of being in a heavy metal concert. I love it, Steve. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just uh, 
and get you amped up and you know, yeah, yeah. It takes back some days get, to just you know. That's right. If they don't get you amped up on a Saturday morning, well, you just you might want to check your pulse. You might want to check your pulse. I had honestly, and I'll fall on the sword here. I had never heard that song, and I I played it, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is this is a good one. I'm gonna use this one in other parts of the show. So, uh, so uh, that's a good good hook. And you know what? Honestly, and Melissa said the same thing. He said we listened to this song, thought a totally different thing from what we know about with Steve. So we know a whole new side about you, Steve. That that we're gonna we're gonna have to dig into. I mean. You know, now I picture you with tattoos and long hair and at the concert and just going at it. So, <laughs> over, the, over the days, right? Hey, Steve Wilson joins uh, us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, brought you on to talk uh, some big news that has happened uh, or happening or whatever with, with uh, uh, NASCAR and bringing the All-Stars back to uh, Wilkes World. First of all, I, I think this is great. I mean, you have a whole generation of fans who have no idea what the impact this track has. And there's a whole the, – the last race that was raced there was a, and won was a young Jeff Gordon. I mean, a young Jeff Gordon. So, first of all, have you ever seen the Lost Speedways that Dale Jr. has, the documentary show on Peacock? Have you seen that? Yes, I've seen, yes, I've seen some of them. Okay, so it, it it just takes you back. It isn't quite like some of those tracks that he features. But let's, I mean, you're our NASCAR um, expert. How important of a track is this? Tell us a little bit of the history, a little bit of the story of Wilkesboro, and we'll kind of get into the All Star and why it's there and, and so forth. Oh, this is this is a this is an original track. This this has been, um, you know, this was built before NASCAR was even formed. Uh, it was built in 1946, opened in 1947, uh, several months before the only other remaining track from the original schedule in 1949 uh, is uh, Martinsville Speedway. Um, so these two tracks were on the original schedule for the first year. And, you know, the the Wilkesboro Speedway in 1949 when, when NASCAR came and ran there, it was uh, the, the final race of that year. It was the race in which they crowned their very first NASCAR champion. And it is something that no other track can lay claim to. Uh, over 50 years, there was, uh, you know, some of the greatest battles that, that took place, some of the biggest names, um, Junior Johnson, the moonshiner from Wilkes County won his 50th and final career victory right there at his hometown track. Um, you, you have Richard Petty who won there 15, 16 times. Um, you know, but you, you talk about the tire wars of the 80s and early 90s it, with uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. winning there in the first radial tire produced by Goodyear for, for racing uh, applications. And you know, to this day, we still use radial tires in in NASCAR. Um, you know, there, there's been so much history there over the years. Um, you know, you you talk about the the advent of electronic scoring when uh, you know there was a the scoring issue 
uh, allowing uh, Brett Bodine in 1991 to be picked up by the pace car and um, eventually go and win the race. Um, you know, Dale, uh, sorry, Daryl Waltrip to this day still says that he should have been picked up. And, you know, that, that pushed the electronic scoring that we now use in NASCAR and other forms of motorsports, you know, and I, I know that, you know, that it really didn't impact some of the other forms of motorsports, but it impacted NASCAR in, in the fact of, of moving to electronic scoring. And, you know, there's been so much history there over the years, and when it closed in 1996, it it, it left a gap in the community. Uh, tens of millions of dollars in economic development was just wiped away overnight. And um, you know they've they've uh, you know they've they've spent 26 years down there trying to get something done. A couple of failed um, you know short time events that happened around 2009 to 2011 or so, and you know nothing really got going on. And you know the 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 you know the history behind the speedway. And for 50 years that it hosted NASCAR racing, pre even predating NASCAR, um, you know this this is where NASCAR was born. Um, you know they were born in the hills of North Carolina, running moonshine, and this is uh, right. <laughs> takes you back, takes you takes you back to the beginning of where racing and NASCAR racing in general was started. You what? I'm a big Moonshine fan, I have to admit, and I like that combination there. One of the, the things that I've just kind of seen on Twitter and Tony brought up earlier uh, is maybe the area around Wilkesboro track, um, I mean, North Wilkesboro track is not really the best of areas. Do you think that's going to discourage fans? Well, you know... Um, you know, Wilkes, Wilkes County, uh, Wilkes County has has been decimated, like I said, and you know, we've, there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of industry that is left out of there. Um, you've got the furniture industry, you got the textile industries, and even Lowe's mm-hmm. Corporation, which was started in downtown Wilkesboro, has moved most of their operations out of that town, and I mean, it's continued to decimate it uh, economically. And there's been some uh, revitalization of the town over the years in in smaller aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they do hold a, a large uh, bluegrass uh, festival there every year. But you know, you know, when you start talking about Wilkes County in general, um, you know, it's kind of like Martinsville in a lot of ways. This, these are these are Appalachian communities that has been decimated over years of mm-hmm. you know industry leaving their region. And um, you know they, they, you know, you go to Martinsville, and anybody that's been to Martinsville will know that it doesn't have the most um, up-to-date infrastructure. It doesn't have dozens of hotels and options for you to to stay at. And you know, there these are, you know, these are things that uh, you know they kind of counter one another in, in a lot of ways. And you know, um, yeah, they, there's efforts, there's money. That it was proposed, uh, $18 million was given given to Wilkes County to to start the upgrades of our community and around the track. And when this was announced the other day, I'm not, an additional $4 million from the governor's office was also added into that pot. So you know there there is money going into this, and and that money will be put to good use to update the infrastructure. But you know it, it will take some time before you start getting. Some of the, uh, you know, the other things that are 
better, you know, more hotels and uh, different options out there. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to take time, and it's not all going to get done in the next eight months or so. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely plans to address a lot of these concerns and, you know, some of the things that, you know, the with the lacking of infrastructure, most importantly, mm-hmm. in Wilkes County, and, you know, they, that's where the money comes in. Well, I'll tell you what, it's 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 a great track. I'm really excited to to see that and 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 to I'm glad that NASCAR is doing stuff like that. I, I you know I, I it would be nice if they did did this throughout the year and not just the All Star race, but just let's just throw in some nostalgic tracks. I, I use Winchester as an example and and, and other tracks, but you know it, it's a, not just a lost generation. There's been three children that have been born. After the track hosted the last cup race in September 1996, however, it did return to North Wilkesboro in uh, 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 November of 2010, where a very young guy we we know by the name of Chase Elliott uh, won the race there in 2010. But you know the track really did went quiet in April of 2011. Uh, it was until April 2011, and of course uh, Dale Jr. is a, a big part of the. Um, bringing that, that track back. And I think Dale Jr. has done a lot to help the racing community and the racing nostalgic and the historicness of that. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, you, you take a look at what he's done. Uh, you know, he, he, him and Matt Delner and others that started the, the lost speedways and going out to some of these places. And mm-hmm. uh, you think about, the 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 aspect of i racing that Dale has uh, purchased part of that company and partnered with him. Uh, you know, it's uh, they've been able to go out there and revive some of these tracks that are uh, you know fallen by the wayside. And you know, even looking into the future of of NASCAR, I mean, this is something that you know the street course that is uh, being run next year also in in NASCAR i racing was was part of this technology that they were able to craft the course and race the course in multiple configurations before they finally came up with a with a finalized uh course design so you know there there's things that are you know not only the past but the future uh of nascar too well, I'm really excited about that happening now let's talk a little bit about where we're at as far as uh uh, the playoffs, go. playoffs, let's talk about playoffs. Uh, so here we are in Kansas. Uh, it looks like maybe a, a yellow brick road for uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about uh, the playoffs uh, and what's what's going on. Oh, and, and, and since we're talking about shows, I don't know if you've seen this race to the championship. If not, you need to check it out. Everybody needs to check it out. I they, They've only dropped two. So I've I've watched both of them. Have Have you seen that race to the championship? Uh, we were watching it, uh, but we didn't have sound on, so you know we couldn't uh, we couldn't really hear much of what was being talked about. So, oh, okay. so it was really hard to tell what was going. It was really hard to tell what was going on. But yeah, I mean it was on the TV. <laughs> so but it's great when you get some time to to watch it. Just go ahead and watch it. Uh, I've got it synced up, so whenever they drop a new one, it, get, it sends me alert. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Thirty for Thirty or Inside the Huddle or any of those shows where the NFL goes like they yeah. were with the Colts last year. You've seen that. It's a lot like that. The the, the format 
is very much like that. Well, let's talk about, uh, wow, we are in the playoffs and we had some drama. So as we look down the field and we look at who's in, who's out, we are ready to party with the playoffs and we're at Kansas. What do we got? Well, you know, I was at Darlington talking about the drama. Uh, Eric Jones stole <laughs> the show and stole a, a, a locked-in position from somebody that really needed it. Um, you know, that's good for the 43 team. That's good for Petty. That's you know, that's good for Eric Jones. He is now a two-time winner in the Southern 500, and, I mean, he spoiled the show. Um, but, you know, you look down the line. You look at what happened with um, Chase Elliott. He wrecked out. At wiped out half of his lead in, in the point standings. You look at Kyle Busch, his motor blew up while leading uh, a good portion of that race. Uh, Kevin Harvick wrecked and had a fire uh, eventually um, put him out of the, the race. Uh, so, you know, you've, you've got three playoff drivers right there um, that, you know, uh, you know it, it had issues at Darlington. So going forward into this weekend, you know, there's – oh, and, and and even Kyle Larson. I mean, you think of Kyle Larson. I mean, he had a, a, a an issue early on in Darlington last week. Went a lap down. Had to come back in for uh, what he thought was the, the engine expiring for two weeks in a row. Uh, then he had an issue later on in the race. Somehow he was able to get his laps, come back, and finish on the lead lap. And, and that was just amazing in general that he was able to do that. But, you know, it's still, he was uh, very far down the field in, in, in that. And, I mean, you know, there's there's drivers all over the place, you know, now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, heading into Kansas this weekend, um, you know, this, this is a track that we traditionally talked about, somebody like Martin Truex Jr. Unfortunately, Martin isn't in the, in the playoffs this year. He's, he's sitting on the outside looking in. And I don't know, you know, they, maybe we get another spoiler this week with uh, – with somebody like a Martin Truex Jr., but you know Ryan Blaney has you know uh, Kyle Busch, uh, you know they're, they're these drivers that um, were deep in the field already and, and even deeper now in some cases uh, are going to have to come back and bounce back because after this week they go to Bristol and they've got to fight another short track beating and banging and um, you know you don't have much time left to try and guarantee yourself a a spot uh, heading into uh, the second round. Well, let's talk about going into Kansas. Uh, certainly, one of the, the, the things that there's a new rule change, I believe, that's going to take uh, – NASCAR makes a, a rule change for Kansas uh, to address fire issues from Darlington. And, and not just Darlington. I mean, you and I have, have seen this all season long. And yeah, at first we thought, okay, this is an anomaly. This is no longer an anomaly. Uh, and so NASCAR notified teams of rule changes before this weekend's cup race in, in Kansas Speedway to address the fire issues that were seen at, at Darlington. But I think we should have addressed it a long time ago. Unfortunately, nobody's been hurt, but we've just seen an abundance of fire. Uh, so maybe uh, help us uh, novice people who don't really understand it, all the meaning and the meanings of this new rule. But a lot of it has to do with you know the uh, fire protection steel components and different things that have to be done with the car which i imagine is going to be uh looked at in in tech pre-race but uh, maybe you can help uh dumb it down for us uh steve <laughs> it seems like a very complicated rule i guess i'll, I'll word it that way <laughs> yeah it, you know they've they've gone um 
you know, it, it, the the panels that are that are down there in that general area have been they're, they've been polymer or they've been uh, fiberglass in many cases. Um, they they made a rule change earlier. Well, at least one rule change earlier in the year where um, the headers that you know now the, the next gen cars. The headers come out of both sides of the car instead of just one singular side, um, and, and now they've been moved closer up towards the front or front tires, whereas in the older style car they were exhaust near the rear wheel. Anyways, um, you know they 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 try to address this in one of the first incidents that we had earlier this year, and I think we've had now at this point somewhere around five incidents with fire. Um, across Ford and Chevrolet have been the two prevailing um, cars, and, and I don't think it really has anything to do with uh, manufacturing. But anyways, um, first they tr- the first thing that they had tried to do is, is that they noticed that the contact from accidents was popping that header off of that polymer and uh, fiber fiber um, you know rocker panel. So what they did is they went in there, they bolted a piece to it so that uh, it would keep those two pieces attached to one another when uh, there was contact. And, well, that that, that seems to um, help a, a little bit, but now they are now moving those polymer and um, uh, rocker panels to a stainless steel-type uh, panel, which uh, they're hoping that will lessen the, the effects of, of that polymer and uh, other component, uh, other materials that were catching fire and then um, spreading throughout the vehicle will now, um, you know, lessen that. Uh, um, you know, lessen that now that it's a, a steel piece instead of a fiber or a polymer style rocker panel down in the bottom. So, you know, this will be the first week that they run it there in Kansas, and we will see what happens. Well, it's going to be exciting. That's that's for sure. With Steve Wilson of uh, Speedway Digest joined us. We're in overtime a little bit, guys. Uh, so Steve, you can cuss now if you want to. But uh, we're in overtime. Uh, just a, a few final thoughts, and then I'm going to take over for the NFL. Uh, Ed can't join us. He's in flight to Detroit, obviously to cover the Eagles and uh, the Lions. Uh, so opening weekend, 9/11, a big big uh, weekend to celebrate uh, just the nation. You know, we we look at. Uh, what's going on in England. Okay. That's great. That's fine. But what's really is happening here in, in uh, the United States, 22 years later. I mean, like I said, if you're under 22 years old, you don't know the impact that it, that it had. And of course, NASCAR had a big impact as well in the coming back and, and the NFL. And I just thought, well, it's really cool that they're starting their season on, on September 11th. But let's start with, uh, back over here uh, with what's going on in the playoffs and who's hot, who's not, and we'll just kind of go through this real quickly, and then I'll, I'll let you go, Steve. Uh, but last week, I mean, Eric Jones, uh, I mean, really, let's be honest, he played the spoiler. Uh, he went in his second career uh, cookout Southern 500. Uh, so, really, uh, the playoff drivers have faltered around and all kinds of drama in in, uh, uh, in Darlington. Sorry, my brain went fart. Uh, but Joe Jones is the, the first non-playoff driver to win po- in the postseason uh, in the elimination era. So here we go. We'll see what happens. Who's hot? Denny Hamlin. I think Kansas likes Denny Hamlin. And I don't think Kansas likes Joey Logano too much. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's one of the hot ones. I, I, but I, I, I certainly think that the struggle bus is going to be certainly with uh, uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch. 
Joey Longano has won the Bush Light uh, poll on Saturday. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. But maybe, but certainly Denny Hamlin's hot going into Kansas. He's got good history with his track. Uh, but I, I don't know that Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch are as hot as we thought they are going into the next race. Uh, and then you also got to look at maybe Chase Briscoe struggling this weekend. What are your thoughts? Are you there? Are you there? Oh, okay. I think we lost him. We'll try to effort to get him back. I don't know if we can. Well, I'm not sure. And I think we're into overtime. So I am not seeing anything here pop up. So we're in overtime. <laughs> well, Ed Kratz couldn't join us. We'll talk a little NFL here for just a moment. Uh, and then we'll have to wrap it up and put a, a bowl on it. I, I apologize that we lost uh, we lost uh, Steve there. When did it happen? At least it happened in overtime, right, guys? Stick with me. But I, I guess you know, just getting back on track. You know, looks like this this race is going to favor Denny Hamlin. Uh, that'll probably be who my pick is uh, for this weekend. I think this this track also. Chase Briscoe is, is I mean, he's, he's doing good, but, I mean, I just think this track, the, the Stuart Haas uh, racing driver, has, you know, three starts at Kansas at the Cup Series level, and his average finish is 21st. So I, I think he'd be a driver. Are, are we still looking at Chase Elliott to be the, the champion? I, I think there's certainly a, a real possibility of that, very good possibility, even if he doesn't do so well this weekend. I mean, he's, he's got the points lead. Uh, so, I mean, We'll see what happens there, but uh, but Steve is okay. Well, Steve said we lost him somewhere in. in in flight to Detroit. So we were talking about Ed flying out to Detroit. I don't know if we're going to let him back in or not because we are in overtime here. Uh, So we'll see here if he can if he can join us. See, this is why they say you can cuss in overtime. Uh, we're going to see if we can effort him to get him back. I don't know that we could do that. Um, we'll see if our people can let him back in. <laughs> I got people. I do. Uh, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on the board here, but let's talk a little bit about the NFL. <laughs> oh, this is funny. This is funny. Um, I'm glad that if you're listening to the overtime, you've, I hope you've already hit like uh, on the podcast because you're you're hearing the live show as we go from live to uh, to the live show. Um, yeah, it's not gonna let him back. Okay. <laughs> Regroup. Breathe on. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ed is uh, flying. What? This is where, where we lost uh, Steve at. Ed, <laughs> he was like, you lost me midair uh, going to Detroit. 
guys on a plane to Detroit uh, to cover the Eagles and, and the, the Lions. Obviously, we talked and had a little fun at the Lions' stake uh, uh, last week. The Lions don't look supposed to be bad, which could be problematic for the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles, uh, the, the Eagles have got to take the, the crowd of the game. Uh, they, they need to show off their pass rush. And I, I, I'm still just uh, – I'm, I'm in awe here. I'm in awe. Of course, <laughs> Devontae Smith, fantasy football is happening as well. You know, I think what we're going to do here is regroup, end our show the way that we were going to plan to do it anyway, and pay tribute to 9-11. And uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed the show. My God! Uh, but uh, if Tom Mark was El President. I'm going to take a few moments here to remember 9-11, and then we're going to close it out uh, after this. My name is Tom Marquis. El Presidente, remember 9-11 as a special time uh, in our in our country's history. That a plane apparently has crashed into the tower. Something relatively devastating happening this morning. It appears that the, there is more and more fire and smoke. Another plane has hit Tower 2. Uh, horrific scene here. There's um, debris flying through the Directly in the middle of uh, one of the World Trade Center towers.
slightly folding, coming crashing down. We're watching a live. It is right. We're watching a live. Each of us will remember what happened that day and to whom it happened. We'll remember the moment the news came, where we were and what we were doing. Some will remember an image of a fire or a story of rescue. Some will carry memories of a face and a voice gone forever.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.